Hey, it's Victoria from Team Girl Boss. I hope you're loving season two so far. I just wanted to pop in to talk about Girl Boss Daily, our must read morning newsletter with over 200,000 dedicated subscribers. What can you expect? A plus career advice, dream job postings, free coffee every Friday, and a few emojis because we're fun like that, all delivered right to your inbox. Sign up by heading to girlboss.com slash newsletter. That's girlboss.com slash newsletter. See you tomorrow. Welcome back to Girlboss Radio. I'm your host, Avery. I'm the founder and CEO of Bloom, a workplace design consultancy and a firm believer that works should work for all of us. Today, I'm joined by Dana Isom Johnson. She might have the coolest sounding job like ever. Dana is Etsy's resident trend expert, which means she forecasts the next big thing in fashion, weddings, decor, and more before it becomes a collective obsession. Yep, she knew about cottagecore way before the rest of us. Dana studied fashion at the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City, then dabbled in marketing and PR and has been climbing the ranks at Etsy for over a decade. We chatted about the power of advocating for the job you want, the moment that changed Dana's career forever on live TV, and yes, the biggest trends for 2023. Let's get into it. Dana, welcome to Girl Boss Radio. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Avery. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. Of course. No, thank you for joining us. I am so excited to learn a little bit more about your career. I'm doing good. We were having lots of blasts prior to hopping on the actual recording, but I have a matcha latte in front of me as well as a grande cold brew with the sweet cream from Starbucks. I got two beverages in front of me right now. If that is any indication of where I'm at, I need a little bit of a kick energy boost. (laughs) All good. I'm right here with you double fisting with a beet orange juice and then a water. I can see you, but people listening can't. What kind of cup do you have there? Oh my gosh, this is actually my favorite glass. It's a personalized, sustainable glass from Etsy, of course, with a glass straw. It just makes me feel special when I drink my juice in the morning. So for folks that are listening, you can't see, but it's a glass jar with like the wooden pop top with the glass straw that's popped in and your name is on it. Yeah. It's giving Love Island, but like more refined. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Totally. Yeah, yes. It's it's giving like the Love Island version of I work from home and <laughs> yes. have access to like the best products on Etsy. So before we get into your career at Etsy, which I cannot wait to dig into, I want to learn about what you went to school for. Yeah. So I went to the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York and I went to school to to be a buyer, but I did that as a young teenager because I was not well-versed in all of the opportunities that the fashion industry had to offer. So I thought, okay, well, I'm not really a wonderful illustrator. So I guess that means I have to be the person behind the scenes that supplies the clothes for the stores. But I quickly found out that I do not like looking at spreadsheets, in fact, and (laughs) crunching numbers all day. I had that exact same experience as well. So I went to school for broadcasting television and was just so excited to practice being on screen or doing radio interviews, kind of similar to what I'm doing right now with Girlboss. But we had to spend like a whole semester learning about how ears work and how you actually hear things. It was interesting at the time, but I was like, why am I here? (laughs) 
So what were you doing before you started your career at Etsy? So before Etsy, I worked for two women's wear brands, Chico's and White House Black Market, actually a, a family of a trio and Soma Intimates. And I was doing PR and marketing. Wow. And then how did you transition from those roles into your role at Etsy? Were you headhunted? Did you apply? No. So back then, that's when like the boom of shopping online was just starting to creep up. And I was like, man, maybe I should work at like one of those internet companies. That sounds so old now. But at the time, e-commerce was not the leading driver for shopping. But in my mind, I thought that it was something that was going to take off. And I had heard about this little place called Etsy. I had purchased a wedding gift for a friend, one of our old tried and true classic hangers where the seller will bend the wire to make it look like the last name of the bride. And I was like, oh, well, they have a marketing position open. I'm just going to give it a go. And so when I first started with Etsy, I started in marketing. Amazing. So you'd said a long time ago, like basically you're like, I want to work on the internet type of thing. Totally get that. How long have you been with Etsy for? A little over 11 years. That's incredible. So just so like for context, and I think that a lot of people listening are probably aware of this, the average tenure at like a company, especially a tech company nowadays is two years tops. It was a super special place. The moment I walked in, really for my interview process, I realized that I needed a change. The fashion industry is not a super nice place to work in for me. And I just knew that I needed something a bit more creative, a bit more fun and allowing of me to be more myself and to express my creativity. And Etsy embodied that and allowed me to do that. There was never a wrong answer, never a wrong question. There was never a bad idea. And we've just always embraced creativity and exploration from jump. My brain is like racing right now because I think it's such a magical thing that you found a place that you've been at for over a decade. Most people don't even have relationships that last that long, let alone time within organizations. I know I've never been up even near there personally. One thing I'm quite interested in is you said that you knew it from the moment of your interview. And for me, selfishly, as someone that by way of my company, Bloom, we consult with organizations on how to build gush-worthy interview experiences, but also for folks listening, how can you identify when a company is going to be a great place to work from the interview process? I'd love to kind of understand some of the things that stood out for you then with Etsy. Well, number one thing for me, and this is just true to Dana, just myself, I am a reader of energy. If I don't feel good in a space, I run. I need for myself to feel like fulfilled and happy and energized just from the overall feeling. That's number one, but that's very personal to me. But specifically for Etsy, while it was a very long interview process for me, what I loved was that I got a chance to interact with so many different people from so many different teams at many different levels. So I was able to really see what my potential work life could be because I would interview them with someone who I would work alongside with, who I would report to, who they report to, and other people who were on a same parallel level as me. And for me, that was very important because my job today and years past has all been about collaboration. So if I don't have a feel of what the collaborative effort is going to be, that's kind of scary. What has kept you at Etsy all these years? I've always continued to be able to grow. And I think with great leadership, you are pushed beyond what you're giving and you're allowed to grow. 
because my coworkers, we are like a mini family. They're one of the main reasons that I come to work. And then of course it goes without saying the fact that I get to see our Etsy community thrive and inspire me every single day with the creative items that they make without them, we would not be a company. And I think more than anything, that's who inspires me every day. So for folks listening, I'm aware of your story of how you landed your job at Etsy as the resident trend expert, but a lot of folks aren't. So tell us a story of how did you actually maneuver from the role you were in prior? I always try to tell people is don't try to pigeonhole yourself so much into a lane that you think you know exactly what you want to do. Be open because if I wasn't open, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now. But I was on the PR team and it was my job to curate and write messaging points for various people to serve as Etsy spokesperson, whether through TV media or within publications. And so this particular time, it was our very first time on national television, on Good Morning America, and we were focused on wedding trends. And the person who was supposed to go on air was not able to go in the last minute. And as a PR professional, what you do not do is give up a national television opportunity. It is like a big win. You don't give that up. And so the agency at the time that we were working with, they said, oh, no problem, Dana, we got somebody. I said, who? We going on tomorrow. And they said, you? <laughs> and I was like, hold on. <laughs> Me, the person who's never been on television before? Are you serious? Like, I understand that I am well-versed in the messaging, but I, I don't know television. And they said, no, we think you do. And so the very next day I went on Good Morning America. I talked about wedding trends and the electricity that shot through my body on that day was something I'd never felt before. And so I went to my supervisors two minutes later after getting off set. And I said, listen, this is what I want to do. Give me the opportunity to tell the stories, tell the narratives of our seller community to the media and talk about how people are shopping on Etsy and what they are engaging with. And let's just see if it works. And so they, at the time said, you know what, let's see what you got. And now four years later, here I am. I love that. It's such a great example of ask and you shall receive. I think that for me as an entrepreneur, and I have like a small company with a small team, but there's just so much white space. There's this big blank canvas of opportunities for folks to take on. And I'm, as a leader, really open to hearing people out about what it is that they want to do, how they want to spend their time at work, and how I can support them in crafting that journey. And I think that there's probably a lot of folks listening that are like, there are things that they would like to do within their organization that would likely keep them there that they're too afraid to ask. So obviously you had this like electrifying experience, but what advice would you give to someone listening that's like, I can see what I want to do and it's within the company I'm at right now and it would be such a great transition. What advice would you give them in terms of embarking on that conversation if they don't have the same relationship or maybe confidence that you did in that moment? My confidence was only led by my passion. So if you are that passionate about what you could potentially bring to a company, you have to say something. You have to step out of your fear because if you continue to live inside of 
oh, but what if, what if, what if you're only continuing to push yourself down? Ask yourself, what's the worst thing that they could say? No. Okay. So then keep it moving. But like, you have to say something. In the event that they do say no, right? You can always respond with when then. Okay. If if it's a no now, then when? And you can keep that conversation going. Maybe it's like the salesperson in me, but no isn't a forever thing in the context of opportunities and business and work. If it's a no now, then when can it be a yes? Or what can I do now to work towards it? Especially if you come with, okay, I want to do this comma and here's the value that it's going to bring to the organization. Because I understand if you're coming with just a lofty idea, but make sure that you're backing it up with, this is how this is going to bring value to myself for my growth, as well as for us as the broader organization. I love that. Okay. So folks listening, if you can taste a new opportunity within your organization, that is very good advice. But I also, I think that there's so much rhetoric and conversations going on on TikTok and Instagram and socials around like becoming your own boss and leaving your nine to five and not climbing the corporate ladder and how you're not a corporate baddie, all these things. When I know a lot of people that have built incredible career journeys working with or for other people and entrepreneurship truly isn't for everyone, dependent on what you want. So what advice would you give to people that are like, you know what? I am a corporate baddie. I like to work within an organization. I want to work my way up because there's lots of benefits that come along with that. What advice would you give to people that want to have opportunity and space to reinvent themselves within one organization so they still have that upward growth opportunity, but they're not having to go outside of the company to get it? For me, a big part of my job with Etsy is that I get to align with a company that cares so much more about just a dollar. You know what I mean? Like really and truly my boss are the sellers that we have across the globe. And what matters is that I am helping my voice is help elevate their small business and to help elevate their lives and their livelihoods. But that's because I work for a company that aligns with a greater purpose. So maybe it all just starts with, okay, you want to be a corporate baddie, but what place are you working for? Is it a place that truly aligns with your values and helps uplift, yes, your career journey, but other aspects of your life as well? Totally. And I think that that could also just be framed as, is there the space for you to grow there? So what do you do? So what what does this mean, girl? What does your job mean? <laughs> There's always questions on the tip of my tongue when I'm having these conversations that I'm like, I shouldn't ask it that way. But I feel like you and I have that rapport at this point where I'm like, I want to ask what everyone's probably thinking. It's like, what the heck is a trend expert? What does this person do? How do you figure it out? I have a lot of questions around the role in itself. But yeah, for folks listening, what do you do at Etsy? Okay, so top level. It's my job to source, uncover, discover the latest and greatest of Etsy, and then package it all up on a pretty serving platter and give it to the media and give it to our sellers to serve as inspiration for them to make things that are on trend. High level, that's what it's all about. How do you find out what's on trend? Okay, so nitty gritty time. So... Again, like how I said before, like my job is so collaborative. This is not a thing that I do by myself. I have an entire team. We work together on this, but there are a few factors. The first thing though, and the most important factor of it is, is that I'm working very closely with our data analytics team 
and they are uncovering what are people searching for on Etsy and shopping for in real time. We just put out one of our trend guides. A trend guide is something that we put out about every quarter or so, and it, it, it can range on, on topics. But you know, we saw that Statement Marble is having through the roof searches. So I'm working with them to say, wow, okay, that's really interesting. Let's see how we can pull this into a trend guide, but then also we are considering, but why? And I think that's one of the favorite parts of my job. It's like, okay, people are searching for these things, but why? So when a statement marble, for an example, last year, a very popular thing was very like tactile surfaces because we weren't able to touch for so long. So now people love touching things. And so this is really an extension of that. This is people seeing interesting items with interesting prints and veining in the marble. And so it's all kind of wrapped up in, yes, people are shopping for it, but also what is the current state of the world and how are people reacting to those things? Hi, I'm Claire. And I'm Erica. We're the hosts of A Thing or Two. We are professional enthusiasts constantly on the hunt for the products, books, and trends that should be on your radar. And we share them with you every Monday, whether it's marinated olive oil that we're putting on everything, a deep dive on pillows, or the fact that suddenly gas stoves are on everyone's out list for 2023. We challenge the friends we invite on the show to bring their own favorite thingies too. Like when Ellen Van Dusen spilled about the IG account that's keeping her current with the youths. We also love a gift guide. We take listener questions, Dear Abby style, and tell you what to get your vegan minimalist coworker or your sister-in-law who loves to hunt. So be sure to listen and follow a thing or two with Claire and Erica wherever you listen to podcasts. You're listening to my conversation with Dana. Next up, we talk about how she separates her personal taste from what's trending. Let's get back into it. How do you separate your own personal taste from what your team and your expertise is telling you is an up and coming trend? To be honest, I set my personal taste completely aside. I'm happy when something comes up that I personally like, but it really has nothing to do with me because everything lies within the data. So again, we're looking at the internal Etsy data. We're also looking at what trend forecasting services like WGSN and Trend Bible are putting out. We're looking to see what's already out there in the world and kind of combining all of those factors and then seeing what would identify the most to our community. So last season, I had a conversation with Megan from Goop, and she is the associate beauty director at Goop and has, from an outside perspective, this incredible dream job, super glamorous. And in that conversation, for folks listening, if you haven't listened to it, you definitely should. It's the episode that I get the most positive feedback on, mainly because I think it's like a nice inside look of someone else that works at Goop other than, than Gwyneth. But in that conversation, <laughs> she made a comment about basically what people believe she does versus what she actually does and how she's not just trying on lipsticks and skincare and going to like spas every day. So I want to ask you the same thing, because I'd imagine that there's probably a lot of assumptions swirling through people's minds right now around what it is that you do. What do you think people think you do on a daily basis in comparison to what you're actually doing and where you're spending your time? I would say people probably think, oh man, she gets to go on TV and just talk about shopping all the time, which sure, I do get to go on television and talk about our community and show really wonderful products, but it takes a lot of work. 
I am constantly prepping to make sure that I know every piece of information on the product because I always want to make sure that I'm there for my sellers and that I represent them correctly. It's a lot of research that's happening. Most of the day, I am literally like searching, looking, finding what's great, looking at the numbers that the team sends over and constantly recording videos for our seller community because I want to make sure that they too are on top of these trends if they want to, in fact, use them. So it's a lot of behind the scenes. It's not just a pop-up, get that hair and makeup flashy. It's a lot of behind the scenes. Yeah. And I, you know what? I actually know this too, now being in the role of podcast host, the majority of the work that happens before the podcast, and I'm not even on camera for the most part, is like the research and the work, the admin (laughs) ahead of the conversation. That's a really interesting share. One thing I wanted to ask you as well is about your experience being a judge on NBC's competitive crafting series, Making It. That was my first time transitioning from majority live television and, you know, for five minutes at a time to long form hour on a set, edited, scripted. It was a bit of a transition for me, but because I'm so passionate just talking about making items and the craftsmanship that goes into them. So the dialogue was super easy to me. It was more so getting used to like, okay, I have to learn how to take a mark and I have to learn how to read a prompter and I have to learn how to make sure my back is turned the right way. So it was more like on set learning, but the meat of the show is what I love so much. It's the actual making. It's the actual craftsmanship and the build of the products. I have to ask, would you do it again? Absolutely. NBC, are you listening? We're still waiting. We're still waiting. Perhaps there's a season four in the bank for us. Fingers crossed. We'll see. Yeah. Or Netflix, you've heard it here first. Give her her own show. I'll take that too. (laughs) I'll take that too. Sure. (laughs) What does it mean to you to be a girl boss? What it means to me to be a girl boss is to stand confidently in your ideas, in who you are as a person, in your success, and don't allow anyone to push you down or belittle you in any way. You just stand firmly in who you are and feel good about your presence. I love that. Take up space. Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you too, in terms of success, and we always talk about this. So In all my conversations, I'm on this mission to explore as many definitions of success as possible because a big focus for Girlboss 2.0 is redefining what it means to be successful. And I think what that means is that we all have our own definitions of what success means to us. What do you think makes a person successful? Success to me means that you get to stand in your purpose, act in your purpose, and be paid your worth. Because money matters to me. (laughs) So I want to be able to live in what I am supposed to be doing on this earth and be happy doing it and fulfilled doing it, but also pay me my worth. That's a really important thing. And I think that sometimes women or people in general are shamed for saying that money matters. We've seen this trope through interviewing oh, I don't want to hire a money-motivated candidate. I don't want to hire someone that's only in this for the money. But I mean, ultimately, in the system of capitalism, 
we go to work to earn a living first, right? That's why we're going to work and all the other things around purpose and alignment and being connected to your values. Those are really important nice to have, but ultimately I know I wouldn't show up to my job every day if I wasn't getting paid for it. And I own the company because I couldn't survive doing that. (laughs) No. And I think that there's no shame in saying that for you, how do you determine what your worth is? Where do you find out that data? Oh gosh. I think it's just a feeling of the level of stress. Again, for me, I'm a super spiritual person. So if I feel like I'm being fulfilled. My life feels good right now. I am not in need of anything and I'm happy and I go to work every day and I feel good and I can get all the things that I need in life. I'm good. So what are you working towards next? Oh, well, you know, I think we can all grow, right? Sometimes people look at my job and they think, oh, but what else could you possibly want? Well, of course I can grow to be better. Of course I can Hopefully I can have my own show one day and highlight more makers and talk about creativity and inspire other people. I think one of my main purposes in life is to inspire someone, whether that be through a creative endeavor or taking a leap on a job that they didn't think was possible. So if there's any way for me to be able to amplify my voice to inspire more, then that's what I want to do. For folks that are listening in, how can they identify what it is that gets them excited at work? Because I think there's a lot of people that are working right now that are just going through the motions because they have to, they have to pay their bills, whatever. If they've lost that excitement, they've lost the energy. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever felt that? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think what you have to do is step away from the screen and think about what makes you happy when you're not typing on a keyboard. What are you doing in your free time? Most of the time, those are your true passions and figure out how you can intertwine your love and passions into either your current job or find a new job that interlocks those things. I think sometimes we get very caught up in that day-to-day grind that silence actually brings so many answers. So just allow yourself to breathe, be silent, identify what you actually really love. That is such a good point because I think about some of the things that I do that I really love hosting a podcast. I always thought, oh, it'd be nice to host a podcast, but I really, really love it. And I think I love it mainly because I really like talking on the phone. I'm like a phone person. (laughs) My friends know I'm a phone person. Like this is like the first thing I do if I'm like on, I'm not on dating apps at the moment, but when I was on dating apps, I'd be like, let's get on the phone. Let's have a chat. I can talk to anyone on the phone for like hours. No problem. Even if you're a complete stranger. Because I was listening to your feedback and your advice and I was like, okay, like, how is that? I was trying to kind of put it together. I was like, it's what's become the reality for me too. Like even in my free time, like I love watching The Office. I love talking about work. And what advice would you have to people that are on Etsy? Because I'm sure there's some folks that are like, oh my gosh, amazing. We have Dana on Girlboss Radio. She's sharing and spilling all the tea. What advice would you give to someone that's a seller or a creator on Etsy about what they can do to level up their storefront? I think sometimes a lot of our sellers, they strive for perfection so much that perfection gets in the way of creativity. So I would say the moment that you get inspiration, just make. Because I think the wonderful thing about our platform is that it is such a low barrier for entry for creating a business. So it's not like you have to worry about 
creating a business plan and doing all these things. Sure, you can make the photos a little better later, but we're here to be the platform. So let your creativity drive. You get the idea, it strikes you, make, list, see how it does. I love that. And I have to ask, because I feel like I keep seeing Etsy in connection with massive bursts of success connected to a viral TikTok video. So shout out to our TikTok team. I love it. For folks that are listening that are sellers on Etsy or thinking about it, how powerful of a tool is TikTok or even Instagram, Twitter, whatever? Oh, man. Super powerful. I mean, it, it can literally change your sales from day to night, pending the item that you, you put up there. And to some people, because I'm also speaking to myself, sometimes social media is not the happiest place for me mentally, but I don't want that to deter you from a business opportunity. Don't get caught up in the scroll, get caught up in the posting and the dumping to allow yourself to have a voice on there. I love that. So I wanted to get an inside scoop on the trends that you think are up and coming for spring and into fall. Yep. You got it. So I think there's one concept that I would love for people to just keep in mind. We've been researching and really trying to dive into what's happening right now. I think now is an incredible time of duality. So in the past, it used to be like, oh, okay, the 70s, that's the decade that's in right now. And then it was, oh, okay, no, the 60s are back. This is the time of duality. More than ever, people are mixing and matching decades and trends at the same time. And I think that's because the trend cycles are moving faster than ever. I talked about statement marble, which I loved. For style, I love these two things. The first is the oversized bag. Last season and a couple seasons before that, we saw those little micro teeny bags that you were like, how do I even get my phone in this thing? I never got on that trend. Like, I like to carry so much stuff. I am ready in the event that something goes down. I'm basically good to go. Like apocalypse happens in that moment. <laughs> I've got a pair of leggings ready to go. Extra pair of underwear, <laughs> creams, lotions. Like I'm good. You know, like I am not leaving my house without all the things. You've got your power bars, granola, all the things. <laughs> I'm not walking around with a bag the size of my palm. Like I need to fit stuff in it. So I've been rocking like the big oversized bags. I'll give you two more, one more style. And then I'll give you a weddings one for anyone out there who's getting married. The next one is rosette chokers. I'm obsessed. It's basically for those who are like a rosette choker. It's kind of a, a dial back to the early 2000s. Like when you had the cord, like a leather cord or satin cord you would put around your neck and then you'd have the nice big bloom to the side. But these rosettes are popping up all over. So whether it's a oversized brooch, the necklace, details on any part of the garment, rosettes are where it's at. And then finally for weddings, for anyone who's getting married, 80s glam is back. So bigger and better, big sleeves, big dresses, these really over the top silhouettes. I love that. I actually got one of those rosettes. I got a brooch. Yeah, I got like a big it's black and I just thought it would look really nice on like on a blazer. I never go out though. So like, <laughs> I might, I might be attaching it to like my, my yoga fit <laughs> yes. going to yoga with it on who knows. Or have a, have a podcast statement moment, yeah. you know? Yeah, you're right. You're right. I have, I should, I should pop it out. 
So before we wrap up, I wanted to get into our little segment, part of all of our conversations we do with every single guest and it's called In or Out. In or Out, long captions on Instagram. Out. I've noticed that and it makes me sad. Does it? I love a juicy caption. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like I have to explain myself every single time I post something. (laughs) You know, I'm like... (laughs) It takes off the pressure. I feel like it's so much pressure to like build out the perfect caption where it's just like, cut it up. The next one is social media breaks. In. Have you ever taken one? Yes, I'm kind of on one right now. You know what's funny is not a lot of people know this, but Liz, who's one of the producers at Girlboss Radio, she doesn't even have Instagram. (laughs) Oh, wow. You know what? I have a coworker as well. She shall not be named. I won't call her out. But she doesn't have it either. And she tells me how much lighter she feels. I don't know if Liz feels the same way. I keep dating guys that aren't on Instagram. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. A lot of people are going Instagram free. So I don't know. We'll see. Working in office. Uh, I can't say in or out for that because I have actually come to love working from home. But the energy that I feel when I go back into our office, especially the Etsy office, it's very special. So maybe I'm a little biased because of how special our Etsy office is, but I also love being very productive at home. Perfect. Checking emails the moment you wake up. Out. Okay. And the Stanley drinking cup. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I have my own version I'm going to say out and just like do you and choose your personal style. I love that. Okay. So before we wrap up, do you have anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? I would love to just say to go after what you really want. Don't allow fear to stop you from potentially landing your dream job. Such great advice. And I'm going to harness that advice for other elements of my life. I think I have my dream job already, but you're right. Do not let fear get in the way of going for what you really want. Dana, thank you so much for joining us today. It was such a great conversation. I feel really energized. And until next time. Thank you, Avery. I feel really energized. Until next time. And that's a wrap on my chat with Dana. My biggest takeaway, be tenacious enough to craft the career of your dreams. Leave a comment and let us know what we can do to make Girlboss Radio even better. Is there a guest you think I should interview? A topic we haven't covered yet? I want to hear it. As always, this podcast is produced by Liz Goober and Victoria Christie and edited by Diego Domine. Until next time, keep blooming.